And so the idea was how do we now begin to capture what the best inside a sales organization are saying and doing, if you will, via video technologies, distribute that broadly out across an organization to allow other people to imprint and watch those videos and practice that. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. Okay, everyone. Today we have Paul Ironside, who's the CEO and co-founder of Commercial Tribe, which allows sales organizations to increase the speed and effectiveness of their learning. Paul, how's it going? It is going great, Eric. Nice to speak with you. Yeah, nice to have you here. So yeah, why don't you tell us, why don't you tell us your story? Yeah, 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 sure. Sometimes I kind of characterize it, Eric, that I was born and raised at Gartner. Individual contributor turned sales manager. I was there for about eight years. I left and then went to an organization based in Washington, D.C. called the Corporate Executive Board, or CEB. Uh, I was there for about 10 years. Last two years, I ran the sales organization, a direct report to the chairman and CEO, one of 10 executive team members running the organization. That is somewhat kind of code, Eric, for you are definitely talking to a sales executive who has built and scaled sales organizations over the last uh, 20, 20 some odd years. Awesome. Yeah. So tell us a little more about Commercial Tribe. How does it help people? Yeah, sure. So originally when we founded Commercial Tribe, it was built on the premise that B2B sales executives advance sales cycles based on their ability to articulate a value proposition to a prospect and or customer. So certainly within the Gartner CEB framework, if you're familiar with these organizations, a sales executive's ability to sit in front of a CIO or a CFO and articulate value or not would arguably dictate whether or not the sales cycle advanced. And so the idea was, how do we now begin to capture what the best inside a sales organization are saying and doing, if you will, via video technologies, distribute that broadly out across an organization to allow other people to imprint and watch those videos and practice that. That was the original kind of value proposition that we started the organization on uh, and built the foundation was this concept of practice and observational learning that's since evolved into sales coaching. But that was the genesis of the organization. Okay, great. So I'm looking at the site right now. I mean, do you have any case studies that you can share around maybe some success stories for, for clients? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Probably the, you know, some of the biggest case studies that we've got, you know, the, the case study that we did at HubSpot, probably flagship case study that we did, it was in the sales coaching dimension of things, uh, is where we came in to help their sales management organization understand how to develop the, the one-on-one between manager and rep and built a set of attributes and characteristics that define what, in fact, is a effective one-on-one and through video-based technology, technologies and our assessment capabilities help to coach their sales manager to become more effective in those individual settings. Interesting. Okay, so 
I mean, I'm, I'm still looking at it right now. Um, so my understanding is if I am a sales manager, I'm using your guys. I'm looking at you guys have different reporting. You guys have video software here. You guys are able to, you know, I guess reps or managers are able to rate the reps kind of one through five. And do you guys actually almost as a value added service? Do you guys help the managers get better as well? Yeah, yeah. And uh, sorry if it's coming across a little convoluted. Uh, one of the things that we learned along the way, Eric, is when sales reps would come and practice a pitch, as an example, and submit that into the platform, what we found is that reps would actually do that, assuming that managers were kind of taking a stick, if you will, in driving compliance. What we found was actually more challenging was whether or not sales managers were actually taking the time to come in and coach and actually coming in and grading these videos. And what we found was they weren't. And not to get uh, too far uh, up over my skis here, but what we learned was that the sales manager was not looking for another thing to put on their to-do list. If you look at the average profile today, they have eight to 10 direct reports, two open headcount, three net new hires, four hypos. One of those hypos is threatening to quit. They haven't hit their number in the last 90 days. And coming in on a Friday afternoon with 40 videos to grade was like organ rejection. So what we learned was, why don't we come in and actually do the assessment and provide the result back to the sales managers to try and provide a value add to get to the coaching aspect as opposed to the grading and the assessment element. Make sense? Yeah. Well, I guess if you could pro- provide an example of that. So let's say I'm the overwhelmed sales manager. It's a Friday. So what do you, what do you guys do exactly? Yeah, sure. So one of the things that we'll do is you can record inside of Commercial Tribe or you can upload a recorded webinar, if you will. So when you're recording in Commercial Tribe, predominantly you're in a simulated environment. So you're practicing a pitch, you're practicing a demo. And what you do is you then submit that for somebody to grade, assess, provide feedback, certification, whatever the case may be. Or what we can now do is upload a recorded webinar call of a live sales call, a a discovery call, if you will. And what we found is the sales manager isn't taking the time to come in and listen to all of those individual recordings. And so what we do is we've built a, a technology and a service that allows us to come in and grade and assess those. And we provide the assessment results back to the sales manager. Got it. Okay. So you, you guys are doing the work for the, that the sales manager otherwise wouldn't have done. Correct. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Makes perfect sense. So yeah, this, I guess, love it. I mean, it sounds like every sales organization needs this. So what kind of companies are you targeting and uh, how do you generally charge? Yeah, sure. So we are a SaaS-based technology and I would ar- arguably characterize it as also a human in the loop. Uh, as opposed to leveraging a lot of AI-based technologies. Our target market tends to be enterprise-based types of uh, sales organizations. So organizations like MasterCard and uh, ADP, uh, HubSpot, Granger, Pure Storage, these are customers of Commercial Tribe. We charge. It is a SaaS-based kind of classic per user per month on an annual basis uh, type of model. And what does that price range generally look like? Yeah, so it ranges uh, from you know roughly, roughly you can think twenty twenty five dollars per user per month uh, is probably a good grounding, and based on volume, we can go up and down on that particular price point. Well, that's not bad at all. So twenty five bucks, and then do you, is there like a minimum, like ten seats required, or? 
So, uh, no, there isn't a minimum, but we are typically calling on organizations that have at least a hundred sales executives. Okay. There you go. Uh, and it's only those organizations that, you know, are on this kind of hyper growth clip that we would entertain sub 100. Uh, and that's just because of the infrastructure, you know, kind of required to ensure that technologies like commercial tribe are successful. Love it. Okay. And did you, did you decide, I mean, here's the thing that from, from when I was at Saster a couple of weeks ago, the theme from everyone is, you know, Eric, we're going up market. Everyone's going up market. So did you decide to target these larger companies first or was that, did something happen? No, 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 no. We actually, that was kind of the origin. So coming out of the Gartner CEB world, if you will, uh, I have just always been biased towards calling on the global 2000, if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, and so that's kind of where we got our start, calling on uh, larger types of organizations, which certainly has pros and cons to it for sure. Love it. Okay. I want to dive into that in a second, but I mean, what other numbers can you share around the business? Could be revenues, customers, things like that. Yeah. So probably the most interesting number is today we have actually done close to about 40,000 assessments of sales calls. Uh, so that's actually a human being actually listening to those calls and identifying what are the effective characteristics and traits of a discovery call, of a demo call, if you will, of a closing call. And so now we really understand what should we be listening for to ensure that we can do two things. One, help sales managers really understand what to be looking for in a discovery call. And then more importantly, how do we now begin to profile the composition of their competencies or skill sets uh, within their companies. Are there any tips you can, I mean, you just talked about what people, what sales reps should be looking for in their calls. I mean, are, is there, are there any tips you can give to people on this podcast? Uh, sure, sure. I think nothing um, from a tip standpoint, um, I think always ensuring that you are prepared. Uh, if I were to give you one kind of tip, if you will, that you understand, you know, who you're calling on, you have an agenda and objective for the call. Uh, and that you're, you know, a good steward of that individual's time and that, uh, you know, teaching and being constructive and adding value across that dimension are certainly thematically the things that are important uh, versus a what we'd characterize as something that's a green call versus a red call. Okay. And then you just talked about earlier the selling you, – you have an affinity selling to the global 2000. So We do. What are, I mean how did you go about acquiring, let's just say, your first, oh, I don't know, 10 customers from the global, the global 2000? Sure. So you know, our value proposition is arguably in the business of lifting sales manager and rep productivity, Eric. And there is not a sales manager on the planet that says no to, hey, are you interested in lifting the productivity of your sales organization? Nobody says no to that. Right. Uh, and so, you know, having run the sales organization at CEB and certainly network of uh, sales professionals that I have personally, that was the you know early entry into some of these large globally distributed based types of organizations. So that's that's how it started. And I certainly have an appreciation for heads of sales, chief sales officers that are trying to manage and grow at scale. Now, I certainly submit a note of caution when I'm talking to the head of sales at a Cisco, if you will. Uh, given that complexity of that job versus, you know, 600 sales executives at CEB at the time and, you know, roughly, roughly, you know, five, six hundred million dollars in revenue. So certainly differences in scale, but that's that's where it started. OK. And what are some tips you can give to people looking to sell to the Global 2000? Tips that I can give people uh, to sell into the Global 2000. How do they sell better? Yeah. Just things that you've seen work well for you or your company. Yeah, sure, sure. So. 
you know, I think kind of the classic things that you're, you know, selling to the global 2000, certainly you're going to run into a consensus based type of an environment Uh, that is going to happen. So I think certainly understanding, you know, who the persona is that you're calling on and understanding the problem uh, that you are trying to solve that arguably may be somewhat counterintuitive to the way in which they're thinking about solving that problem today. And how can you begin to teach them something that they can think about the problem differently today? So today, arguably, what we do as sales heads of sales is we bring sales managers together and we lecture at them about how to more effectively manage their their teams, if you will. How can we now come in to say, hey, the one on one, the pipeline review, the forecast review, how do we begin to put pressure on those that are designing those environments to really say, what are the characteristics that really make up a good pipeline review, that really make up a good discovery call? And how do you know that your managers are actually beginning to coach to that? Uh, giving some, some insight into the way that we think about trying to be provocative and value add and give individual prospects a different way of thinking about kind of sharpening the axe to get to different levels of productivity. I want to try to make it a little simpler first. So there's our people in the audience that are entrepreneurs, they're looking at, they're just starting out. And then you have the people that, you know, come from really big companies as well. But if I'm looking to start out and I want to go up market, I want to sell to the enterprise, what are some, some things that I can do having, you know, understanding that I don't have access to a lot of bells and whistles out there? What would you do? So I think the first thing is you've got to, as the entrepreneur, don't outsource it. You know, if you're just getting started, you've got to go figure out how to solve a problem. So pick up the telephone and figure out your way to get to that particular buying center. And if it's the VP of sales, chief sales officer, or the head of marketing, figure out a way to get into their office. And by the way, it is not easy. It is not easy and it is going to take you multiple attempts. And I would certainly look at your your network about how to get a referral into that particular office. But if you can't, you've got to find creative ways and figure out how to get in front of that individual. And then when you do, you know, from a standpoint of adding value and not wasting their time uh, is, you know, arguably what I was talking about in terms of that teaching point and learning about, you know, the problem that you're trying to solve, how it relates to uh, that individual getting to their, their corporate objective. Yeah, and so for for you guys, what uh, maybe you not might not know, but the the tools, the the kind of must have sales tools that your reps are using could be like an outreach, could be like a Zoom info. I'm just wondering from a, from a sales stack perspective too. People are probably wondering, well, how do they contact these people? You just asked about you know finding the the SVPs and all that, but some people they just don't know how to do it. So what are maybe one, two, or three tools that you can kind of call out? Yeah. So, you know, there's the the tool stack, if you will, there's, you know, you you first got to, you know, first and foremost, in my opinion, as you're thinking about coming to market, identifying your target market, first and foremost, and collecting the data, Uh, data data.com, which is a source of Dun & Bradstreet is an interesting source. And there's a handful, LinkedIn and Navigator, different ways of actually collecting the data itself. And then trying to identify how do you prioritize it? You know, what are the top 50, 100 companies that are your ideal customer profile, or at least what your hypothesis is? And then from a standpoint of building kind of infrastructure and, uh, and scale, uh, we use a tool called SalesLoft, which is a, a, a technology that we put in to help our BDRs, those that are scheduling appointments, do that more efficiently. Uh, We use um, a HubSpot tool from a marketing automation aspect. 
uh, salesforce.com, uh, and of course, Commercial Tribe. There you go. All right. Awesome. So what else is working for you guys? Maybe not so much on the sales side. What's working really well for you in terms of customer acquisition today? You know, what's interesting that, uh, and I was a little new to it, which is this concept of account-based marketing. And so how can we begin to take some of our you know, really, really big customers and market to them uh, differently in kind? And that's proven to be a pretty interesting uh, approach where we can now begin to understand these social environments that our customers kind of gravitate to. So in the sales marketing domain, certainly the LinkedIn's of the world are environments in which uh, they find themselves in. And can we now begin to place ads to our existing customers to let them know they are, in fact, commercial tribe customers uh, and how to, how, how to reach out to us and get connected and learn more about it? Because some of our customers are in global in nature, and we haven't gotten to a particular region or business unit. Because uh, not everybody knows about you. Like, let's say someone in Europe probably doesn't know about uh, the, what people are doing in the United States, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's been really interesting to see that data come back and for people to, uh, to be calling us to say, hey, I just clicked on this and want to learn more about it. And, hey, and we're existing customers. What does that mean? That's really interesting. So on this podcast, we had, uh, we had uh, I think it was Rod from Listen Loop, and they strictly focused on account-based marketing, and they, they, they really put you out there on a lot of different platforms, and then they're targeting specific companies. So uh, that might be interesting for people to look back on. Just I think the way you explained it was probably explained better than anybody else on this podcast so far in terms of ABM. So thank you for that. Now, for Commercial Tribe or just any other business that you've grown in the past, I mean, can you talk to one big struggle you face while growing any of these so you are talking to a sales manager at the end of the day. Yes, I carry the title of CEO. And, you know, the question about when to scale, uh, in other words, that's kind of code for I don't consider myself to be a technologist per se. I'm not an engineer. And how do you think about scaling and when to make that investment? Those have been some interesting learnings uh, and certainly things that I've shared in other forums that are similar to this, Eric, that, you know, I would certainly if I ever did author a book about lessons learned, is about when, when to scale and what are the indicators that give you some sense of uh, you should or should not. Can you speak to a specific story around that? Yeah. You know, when we were, you know, several years ago, our strength as an organization, Eric, is in selling. Uh, and so our ability to go out and talk about this problem that sales managers have about getting productivity out of their individual reps and so forth is, uh, is a bruise I know how to push on. And so certainly every, every sales manager, I should say every sales manager, but quite a few of them said, yes, we certainly want to invest in commercial tribe. And I think it was a false positive early on, you know, should we make more investments in terms of scaling the sales organization? And it wasn't until we came through these renewal cycles and we're really, really looking at the utilization and adoption to realize that we, we didn't really have market a market fit yet, and that we needed to recast some of our theories and hypotheses, if you will, uh, around what the right solution was. Got it. Okay. And what did you ultimately, what did you learn from that? What was the biggest takeaway? So the biggest takeaway is that we need to be in the workflow of the frontline manager. That frontline manager, in our opinion, is absolutely critical and key to the success of driving any initiative into the commercial organization. It's built on the premise that 
if in fact sales management leadership and you know arguably that frontline sales manager if they're not modeling the expectations behaviors that you expect of your rep the rep will never adopt them let me give you an example let me give you an example so the example would be if in fact you're trying to drive the adoption of salesforce.com but in the one on one between the rep and the manager the manager isn't using salesforce.com why would the rep if your expectation is that your reps submit their expenses on time every single month, but the manager doesn't do that, why would the rep? If your expectation is that the manager understands a corporate pitch or a methodology and, 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 but they don't actually model that in their behaviors with the rep, the rep is not going to model that out in the field. Makes total sense. Okay, great. Well, I want to switch gears here. I mean, I think anybody that's looking to build a great sales organization needs something like a commercial tribe. And then you said that you're looking for organ- are you looking for sales organizations that have a hundred plus people, or just total organization size? Typically, it's sales or organizations or sales organizations that have about a hundred reps. That's certainly those that fifty is a big sales organization, and we do work with a handful of them and so forth. But it tends to be the larger organizations in which. Uh, we can help solve this problem. Uh, they, right? Maybe I should characterize it. They have the problem. It's just a little bit more acute than the smaller types of organizations. Right. Okay. Okay. So how about for you? I mean, coming from a sales background, you are the CEO. How do you structure your day? How does that look? Yeah. So, you know, my day has been, you know, focused or my, my days, my weeks are, are predominantly now oriented more around the engineering and product development aspect of it. It is, it is, uh, you know, was identified as a kind of a, a weakness of mine, if I can characterize it that way. Uh, and so I do spend my time prepping for those individual settings. Our product strategy meetings, uh, you know, that's the one meeting on my calendar uh, that I over prepare for, that I will spend a couple of days preparing for that particular setting and carving and blocking time off my calendar to think about that particular setting because it, the draft out of that individual meeting itself can determine and dictate how other people are spending their time. Right. Okay. And so you coming from a sales background, how did you learn to get better at product? By failing (laughs) for sure. Uh, and realizing that, um, you know, initially my strength was to sell. And so coming in and working with the engineering teams, I said, Hey, I'll make you a deal. I'll go sell it. You guys go build it. And really having an appreciation and being humbled by the complexities associated to building, you know, great products and services. Uh, And then, you know, coming to the realization that I need to be deeper uh, and a better level of understanding at that dimension is arguably. And by the way, I don't consider myself to be an expert at it. I mean, I, I work at it. Okay, and so it sounds like there's a lot of you know uh, trial by fire. But was there were there any mentors you spoke to or any books that you read that it helped you improve? You know, there's been a lot of people kind of along the way. We were, I guess, you could characterize as a waterfall shop when we first started, uh, and didn't really have an appreciation to what agile development cycles really were. Can you explain both uh, waterfall and agile? Yeah, I beg your pardon. Yes. So you know, the waterfall approach is. Hey, we want to build an application. The engineers would say, "Okay, great. I'll be back to you in you know ninety days, six months with with the application." And what you find is the communication between you explaining that to the engineers and what they build is off. And so ninety days later, they hand you something, and you're like, "That's not what I. That's not what I'm looking for." But they say, "This is what you told me to build." So that tends to be the this waterfall based approach. Agile, on the other hand, 
tends to be more of an iterative-based approach. Uh, they would, the Agile methodology biases the two-week iteration cycles versus a strategic plan. And that was a, that was a big shift for us. Uh, but then also trying to figure out how to take Agile and make it work inside of Commercial Tribe. Uh, we're still working at that dimension of it for sure. Love it. Okay. What is one new tool that you've added in the last year that has added a lot of value to your life? So it cannot be commercial tribe, uh, but it might be something like a Peloton bike or it might be something like Evernote. One new tool that is, uh, that's added to my life that's made me more productive. Um, I add tools quite a bit. Um, I built a gym in my house, Eric. It's probably been the one thing where I said, all right, I'm no longer going to the, I'm not going to drive to the gym. But I actually bit the bullet and put a handful of um, predominantly dumbbells and things of that nature into my house. And I am driving myself in there uh, three to four times a week. Love it. Okay. And what is one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? So the must-read book uh, that I would recommend to everybody. So I just read the Checklist Manifesto that I was certainly passing around. That was a must-read that I gave everybody. Uh, I certainly, um, you know, if I had to pick one book, I'd probably go Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence Others. I think that is certainly in the, in the stables of making sure, certainly on the engineering dimension, how do you really communicate and express yourself um, in different settings? You put me on the spot, that's probably the, the one book I would suggest. Great. It's, it's always the first one that usually comes to mind, so that's completely fine. But, uh, Paul, this has been fantastic. What's the best way for people to find you online? So certainly via LinkedIn. Uh, you're going to find me on LinkedIn. You're going to find me on Twitter. Uh, you can certainly get me through the Commercial Tribe website. like to think that I'm certainly socially available, if you will. Those are the best ways. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, we'll put that in the show notes. And Paul, this has been really good, and thanks again for doing this. Eric, thank you. I appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.